The reading today is on page 27 and it is Genesis chapter 32 verses 22 to 32. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Uh, Good morning. Uh, my name is Jerry Nyatoro, if you don't know me. Um, Pastor Dale was supposed to be uh, preaching this morning, but um, on Friday his son got into a freak accident of some sort at youth group, and uh, he spent uh, Friday night into Saturday morning uh, at uh, the base hospital with Joe. Um, so... There was a need for somebody to preach at the 11th hour, and uh, the Lord fell on me, so <clears throat> I had about 20 hours or so to prepare for <laughs> uh, the sermon. But uh, you know what? Uh, God knew, and God uh, is here this morning, and uh, I'm also going to be uh, listening to him as he's going to be speaking to us at times uh, when you preach, you think you are just preaching to uh, the people uh, in church, but uh, I would like to believe that God is going to be preaching and speaking to us. Um, How about we start off with a a prayer and then we'll get into God's word. Father, we thank you because you love us. Father, we thank you because you care for us. And Father, I would like to pray for Pastor Dale and his family. on the incident that happened. And pray, Father, that uh, your healing hand will be on Joe, that um, he will uh, receive complete healing from you. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Pastor Dale had already picked up the passage to be read this morning, and he had uh, picked up uh, the sermon title and everything. So when I agreed, I said, I'll just... uh, use the same uh, text that he was going to preach from, and use the same uh, uh, title of his sermon, which is Wrestling in Prayer. Uh, Growing up in Zimbabwe in the 80s, 
there was this big show that I would love to see on Saturdays. It was the WWE Wrestling. And there was this guy called Hulk Hogan. He was one of my favorites. Those of our era would know what I'm talking about and talking about the great Hulk Hogan. And wrestling is a game, a sport, where two people get in there and they fight. And the text that has been read this morning is about Jacob getting into an encounter with God where he ends up wrestling with God. We are focusing on prayer as a church and we are journeying through prayer as a church. And our pastor sent me some uh, little helps uh, as I prepared for my sermon yesterday afternoon. And I looked at um, what we are going to be looking at on Tuesday, where Paul is talking about uh, Epaphras. And he says, have you ever thought of prayer as a wrestle? This is how Paul describes the prayer of Epaphras. Wrestling is a sport that engages the whole person with another. In the same way, in prayer, we are to engage the whole person and we have to be deeply engaged with God. One of the controversial uh, topics that uh, uh, is in the world is about evolution. And uh, I've told people that when you look at me, this man was created by God. I did not evolve from an ape to be what I am. I wasn't a baboon once upon a time, even though I come from Zimbabwe, where it's infested with baboons. No, God created me. But I would like to say to you to this morning that as believers, we should be in the process of evolution causing a little bit of controversy. We need to be evolving. As believers, we need to be transformed. God says that we need to be transformed from glory to glory. The Lord has designed us and he expects us as a church to be a dynamic church, to be a church that experiences operation. We need to be a church that's operational, not a church that is lying dormant. The passage we read about was Jacob. Because of the encounter he had with God, he evolved from being Jacob to Israel, so says the scripture. And we talk about Abram. Abram evolved from being Abraham to Abraham. When you encounter God, God does not leave you the same. He changes you. And one of the areas where we encounter the living God is in prayer. There are some striking prayers that are in the Bible. I'm going to just look at a few and compare them with the prayer of uh, uh, Jacob. When I was in seminary in the United States, uh, in Dallas, uh, somebody somewhere in the U.S. came up with a... Uh, looked at a prayer in the Bible, and this prayer is only two verses. And he wrote a little booklet, and this prayer really captivated the Christian nation then. And this is the prayer of Jabez. You might have heard about the prayer of Jabez. There were pamphlets and flyers all over about the prayer of Jabez. 
The prayer of Jabez seems to have worked like at the snap of the fingers. There is no record of where this prayer took place. There is no record of the time which Jabez prayed. When we read in First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Two verses. You don't find Jabez anywhere else in scripture. However, the overwhelming magnitude of the answers to this prayer has over the time tricked some of us into believing that, you know, it's that simple. But let's compare this prayer with other prayers in the Bible. In the scripture, we hear of Elijah. In the book of James, James is talking about Elijah, and he says, Elijah was human. He was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The other person who prayed did not really, really need to pray. And this person is Jesus. Jesus prayed and his sweat turned into like drops of blood. The scriptures in the book of Luke says, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. This is how it was for the Son of God. Probably he did not really need to pray, but he prayed. The simplicity of the prayer of Jabez has almost made some of us believers to forget about the prayer of Jacob. The prayer of Jacob is the one that Pastor Dale picked uh, for us to uh, hear from God about this prayer. The prayer of Jacob is different from the prayer of Jabez. But these two prayers are all necessary for us as we journey in our Christian lives. The scripture that has been read for us this morning from the book of Genesis chapter 22 we have the, an account of a great wrestling bout that translated that Jacob from being Jacob, being translated into Israel. Jacob had all the time been a cheat. Jacob was somebody who was good at trickery. He is... <coughs> sorry... He was surrounded with controversy. This is Jacob. He was a vagabond and, and, and a servant to others, constantly living in fear. 
You know, Jacob had to be a servant working for his wives. He was a shadow of his best. He was not recognizing what was rightfully his, what he was inheriting from his ancestors. He was a shadow of his best. He has always won. Jacob would always win with men, but not with God. In the language of the Syrophoenician woman, he was like a dog that was just eating from the master's crumbs. He was holding the shadow, not the substance of God. The covenant that he had, Jacob, with God, the covenant he had from his forefathers. This is the position that many of us believers in our churches find ourselves in, where we are happy and satisfied with the crumbs that are falling from the table. Jacob did not realize that he was going to be Israel, the prince. At times when we are, as God's children, even in this place, in this house, we forget that at times we need to be stubborn a little bit with God. That stubborn faith. We need to understand that there is a place where you can turn your Abram into Abraham. There is a place where you can get transformed from being Jacob to Israel. And for Jacob it happened when he was wrestling, wrestling with God. Believers of today have forgotten that Jacob was the beginning, not the end. To sit at the bus stop of Jacob and believe we have arrived is limiting ourselves to what is there, is making us just average, average Christian. Let me tell you that Jacob understood that snatching the birthright, what he had done from his brother Esau, was not enough for him. He needed something more to get to where he was supposed to. He had snatched it because I said he was somebody who was into trickery. He had to wrestle with God. He had to fight. And this is the aspect of our Christian experience which is absent in our lives, which is absent in our churches, which is absent in our day-to-day life. When was the last time that you had a wrestling match with God? When was the last time that uh, you spent the whole night and said, God, you and me, one-on-one? The problem is that um, some of us we have continued being adult babies and we expect to be recruited into God's army. Yes, it's just by grace. 
It's by grace alone. At times we have cheapened our Christianity because we are not prepared to get down on our feet. We are not prepared to wrestle. But what is it that is taking our time? There is something that is grabbing that time from us. Maybe it's the entertainment, the festivals that happens, the celebrations that we have, that we have to attend to, that are taking that place of fervent and consistent prayers in our private lives. If our Jacob is going to become Israel, then there must be a meeting point with the Lord. We may have, have all the tricks and the strategies like Jacob had, but let me tell you, those will not prevail with God. Jacob had his family with him. The scripture said they had crossed the little river. Jacob sent his wife, servants, his 11 sons, everyone ahead and stayed behind. While others were sleeping, Jacob was wrestling with God. Prayer is a mystery. The simplicity of one man's prayer afforded him a tremendous result. Jabez's prayer was simple to the point, and God granted him. His prayer was summarized in only two verses of the scripture, and yet another man's prayer took him the whole night, and it involved a physical encounter that resulted in a physical handicap to him. But it ends with an eternal blessing. I would like to insist that these two prayers must be considered and emphasized to us today that the results of Jabez's prayer are good. The prayer of Jabez is important to us. It stresses that we need to be just simple. We say simple childlike faith, simple childlike prayer. That was the prayers of Jabez. But the prayer of Jacob is necessary, and it teaches us perseverance. It teaches us to continue insisting on what we want from God. We are going to consider four things quickly that we find in this encounter of Jacob and this man who showed up. In verse 22, it says, That night Jacob got up and took his wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. The first thing that I want to say is that we need that time alone with God. There are places and times in our lives where we need to be 
alone with God, where your spouse is not welcome. There are places and times where we need to shut down everything. Shut down everything that is interfering with our prayer life. A time came when Jesus realized it was now his one-on-one time with his father. And he is there in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And he says, guys, it's now a one-on-one time for me. Can you stay here? And he goes alone and be with God. Hannah handled her case alone. Moses went up the mountain alone. Jesus faced the powers of the devil in the garden of Gethsemane alone. What about Abraham? What shall we say about him? What shall we say about David? What shall we say about the other great men of faith whom we read about in the Bible and some whom live in our world today? I lived at uh, the Baptist Mission Station at Sanyati in Zimbabwe sometime, and uh, the missionary who brought the Southern Baptist missionaries, the first one to Zimbabwe, was visiting in his late 80s. And uh, he would be walking up and down quietly with a pocketbook that you'd get out. Even if you are talking to him, you'd get this little booklet, and uh, you are talking, 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 and then he would open, and then... Finally, I asked Pastor Dodson, what's in that booklet? And he smiled and he says, it's my prayer list. I pray consistently throughout the day and night. And I said, how many names do you have on there? He had 3,000 names. That he went through page by page by page. When he would get to the end, then he would start again. Believers of today don't know anything. We have lost that personal quiet time. It's because of our hours and our schedules at work and uh, a lot of the other pleasurable things that we have to engage and do in our lives that interrupt our communion with God. Our relationship with God needs to be deepened. We need to have a fellowship with him. Jacob tarried throughout the night. I'm not so sure if he had an opportunity to doze off, if he had enough struggles. Maybe he said, this is enough. How many times in your life do you say enough is enough, I give up, I quit? How many of us still hold on when all hope is lost? When the energy is fast depleting out of us, how many of us continue that unyielding, unbending persistence in prayer? Are you tired, child of God? Hold on. Hang on, the morning is coming. The morning is coming soon. 
This was Jacob's determination. <clears throat> then the third thing is his stubbornness and persistence. Jacob was not an easy man to wrestle with, whether it was with a man or whether it was with an angel. Discouragement was not in Jacob's vocabulary. Discouragement was not in Jacob's dictionary. <clears throat> Some of us, we don't even need to wrestle an angel. A man of flesh and blood that you encounter is enough to get you discouraged. Somebody's change in mood, at times the cold weather can even affect you. At times it's those envelopes that you get in the mail saying there are bills that are due. And you get a letter from the lawyer saying, we are coming to repossess your furniture. That's strong enough to move some of us. That's strong enough for some of us to throw the towel. But you know what Jacob told the angel? I will not let you go unless you bless me. <clears throat> Where are today's Jacobs? Where are today's Hannahs? Where are today's Esthers? whose stubborn faith will change their names from failure to success. Whose stubborn faith will change barrenness to fruitfulness. Whose stubborn faith will change destruction to redemption. My brothers, my sisters, how stubborn are you in that place of prayer? My brothers, my sisters, how unbending are you until your good becomes better and your better becomes your best? This message is a challenge to me. <clears throat> in my days growing up in Zimbabwe, we had what we called all-night prayers. Agrippa, you still remember? When was the last time we had an all-night prayer? It challenges me. It almost brings me to tears. What about you? The early days when you found Christ, what was your prayer life like? On fire for the Lord. May God have mercy on us. We are used at times to just one minute, two minute type of prayer. We need to be prepared to wrestle all night. We need that stubbornness that Jacob had. But God is merciful and he hears prayer. But at times we complain and say, God, I, I, I need this. I, I don't even have it. Uh, this is my dream. <clears throat> and the Bible is clear. It says you don't have because you do not ask. We need to ask. 
We need to knock. And the door will be opened. And the Bible in James says, The prayer that is offered in faith availeth much. If the results of your prayers will outlive us and be like the prayer of Jacob that has gone generation to generation, then we must cross the boundaries of those little carnal type of uh, casual, uh, flippant prayers where we are not serious with God. One man's prayer, that is Jabez, blessed him. And another man's prayer, that is Jacob, blessed not just him, but generations And we are here today as a blessing of that wrestle in the night. Jacob became Israel. We are what we are. But let me say both prayers are necessary. But I would like to encourage us, yes, to have the Jabez prayer, where you have your two sentences and amen and God grants us. But the Bible is full of different prayers. And Jesus, who did not even need to pray himself, prayed until sweat was coming up. When was the last time you prayed and sweat started falling out of your body? And this sweat was like blood dropping. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What are the burdens that you are carrying? Is it some sickness? Take it to God in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs you can bear. We thank you, precious Savior. You are still our refuge and we want to take all our prayer problems to you, Father, in prayer. Even when friends forsake us, help us to know that you are there and that you are a God who hears and answers prayer. Thank you, Father, for this series of our prayer messages that we are going to be having as a church, as a body of believers. Help us, Father, to be a people of prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.